Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. All right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for taking the time today. It is the Joe Pag Show. Lots going on. Bottom of this hour will be Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. The, uh, the boss over at the Warrior Defense Project does great work. Incredible information on Ukraine. He's been there nine different times. He's got really good insight into Crimea, what the whole deal is about. Does Russia really want Ukraine? Do they really want to invade Ukraine? Should we be sending troops there? To, uh, to that part of the world. We're going to talk about all that and then some. And Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the great state of New York will be in hour number three. He's a Republican. He is Rudy's son. And uh, we'll see what he thinks about how you're going to fix crime in the big city. And what about all these mask mandates and vaccine mandates? Would they go away under a Giuliani administration? That and more on your Tuesday. Uh-huh. Hi. Carrie, how you doing? You good? I'm fantastic. You are fantastic. I agree with you. There's Polo. Nice shot of my logo in the background. Nice. CJ, get it done for Sam today. Appreciate CJ being in. My eldest daughter, for those who don't know. Doo-doo-doo. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-
I know that because people send me videos of her all the time. And in fact, um, I had my editor put up a piece of video that she did yesterday, the day before or something on my Rumble. And you can go and check this out as well. She does a show called, I thought it was called the Joy Reid Show. But this is now called The Readout, R-E-I-D-O-U-T. The allegation is they're not going to renew her contract soon and she'll be out anyway. But the videos that I've seen of her before, you know, she certainly is a good communicator. She's communicating horrible things, but she's a good communicator. But I've never heard her sound like this. And her tone and her cadence is very strange in this. For me, it's very strange because I, I don't remember her sounding like this. And, and, and Carrie, see if you agree. I, I, do you know what she sounds like I, necessarily? I, I really don't. I I can't think of what, what she sounds like. For me, um, she sounds, she, again, she's a good host and communicates well, but she's never sounded like this necessarily. She, in this, she sounds like she's a DJ. And she goes, it sounds like she's doing that thing. I'm not really sure what this is. Good evening, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day slash Frederick Douglass Day in this Black History Month. I'm Joy Reid, coming to you live from sunny California, IA. And I'm Jason. Hey, am I wrong? Is she not putting it on? What is she it doing? It kind of sounds like she is. She's doing an afternoon shift on... Hey, everybody, in California, IA. Who, who the hell says that? I don't, I don't you know. know. What I mean? she All right, so she's, we- she's wearing a um, a jersey, and I guess it's it's for Colin Kaepernick. In fact, when I look at it, it says, I'm with Cap. So it's a number seven, it's a black jersey, a white number seven, and that was his number when he played. Um, so I guess that's what I did. She got some guy here. I don't know who the hell this guy is. Jason Johnson. So Jason, we've got a lot of news to get to tonight, including a Dear John letter from a certain blue chip accountant to a certain orange person. But let's get started about last night when I... So, so she's calling Trump the orange person. I, I guess that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Just call somebody just out of their skin tone or their race. And, and that's hilarious because it's Donald Trump. But again, just listen to her tone and her cadence. It's weird. I guess California was ready for some football. No doubt. Another postseason game that came down to the final seconds. The Rams beating the Bengals after Matthew Stafford at MVP Cooper Cup connected late for a comeback win. Now on the screen it says, right wing freaks out over Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> they did. It's, it's it's just that's the that's the lower third that's on the screen. All in front of a hometown crowd, which has only happened twice in Super Bowl history in this brand new stadium in Inglewood. Well, let's talk about that. In Inglewood, what was that? What are we doing here? What is this show? I don't know. What is this? I've never heard that before. And here she goes. She's really going to kick it up now. Because we know that rappers, you know, they love to shout out Englewood. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Tupac all did it. You know, and I was just there, and it feels like a West Coast Harlem in some parts. But really... The West Coast Harlem. It's a one-time black enclave that is more half black, half Latino these days. And it's a community in transition. A huge transition. We're, take, we're talking the Super Bowl spotlight, a new NFL franchise, and a $5 billion stadium. That's billion with a B. And- That's billion with a B, Carrie. That's billion with a B. Hmm. What is she doing? I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I Did somebody know. say, hey, really, really DJ it up? Because I, mean, um, I, I, I don't is, think she is, talks like this. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's kind of weird. That's Bill Ewell the Bay. And speaking of spotlight, Snoop and Dr. Dre were in the house for an epic Gen X West Coast hip hop, very black halftime show. Sorry, millennials, you can't claim this one. And boy, did (laughs) it's a very black halftime show. (laughs) What is she talking about? That not go over well with the right wingers. Sure did enjoy. You know, you had conservative activist Charlie Kirk tweeting, the NFL is now the league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. Okay, what does that even mean? And then you have Sean Spicer of short-lived 
White House and Dancing with the Stars infamy asking, what was the message of the halftime show? Does Sean Spicer even get to ask about messaging? I mean, come on. No. Wow, Jason Johnson, really, you really nailed him on that one. Is he really allowed to ask about messaging? Go on. And, and that Joy's just going to kick it up. Here she comes. <laughs> he doesn't. But once again, the biggest Super Bowl moment wasn't even about a play or even about what was rapped about or sung. The big moment was rapper Eminem kneeling in an apparent tribute to Colin Kaepernick. The NFL was quick to say it was aware that he would kneel and did not try to stop him, despite reports saying the opposite. But okay, here's the thing, and especially for folks with PTSD about a certain Janet Jackson incident, the NFL has always tried to sanitize blackness, especially during the Super Bowl. Let me just stop her there. Hmm. Uh, those are the PTSD, but the Janet Jackson. I don't know what she's doing. And now the hits for the top 40 right now with the Joy Reach out. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's strange to me. Yeah. Right? I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. Hey, you keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. I'm Joy Reid. As long as they're black stars, we're all good. So um, for me, what she just said is so completely nutso. Um, the NFL has always tried to sanitize blackness is what she said. So let's go there for a second. Before the game, Lift Every Voice and Sing was sung, sanctioned by the NFL, broadcast on television. It's being called the Black National Anthem, which of course it's not. There is no Black National Anthem. It's a nice song, and I don't have a problem with it being sung, but it was two black artists singing what the NAACP at one point called the Negro National Anthem back in the early 1900s. And then you had the teams that are comprised of over 70% black players, which is great. They're the best players available. Hire them. I have no problem with that. I'm not, I'm not a, a, an affirmative action guy. I don't think there should be more white people because the population is more white. Um, and then the halftime show, there was one white guy in the halftime show. Everybody else was black. How exactly were they sanitizing blackness by having Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, mm-hmm. um, Mary J. Blige, uh, uh, two, Right, right. Mary J. Blige. I mean, just down the list, you had one white guy, Eminem, who many think is, uh, many black people who are activists think that he's culturally appropriating black culture anyway. So you had a hip-hop halftime show, you know, Snoop Dogg. I mean, you've got these people there that are not mainstream at all. Nobody sanitized them. The one white idiot is kneeling. Um, so I'm, I, what is she talking about? I, I guess what I don't understand is Joy Reid is worth millions of dollars and she's black. The players, most of them, if they're any good, are worth millions of dollars and they're 70 plus percent black. The singers before the show are successful. They're singing before the, the Super Bowl, which is huge. And they're black. They're successful. The halftime show artists are all, not a one of them, not a millionaire. They're all multimillionaires. All of them. The vast majority were black. So my question is, why it, Colin Kaepernick identifies as black, although he's mixed race, and he's worth millions and millions of dollars. My question is, why do those people who have found great success, who happen to be other than white, why are they the loudest voices about how oppressive we are as a country, about how, how sanitizing we are as a people? I mean, Carrie, what am I missing here? I don't know. I was going to say, why can't we just enjoy the halftime show? But I guess not. And I do have a story that kind of dovetails on 
Please. on this. This is from The Blaze talking about Eminem. A social media user raised eyebrows after complaining people in a bar being mostly silent during the Super Bowl performance, save for when the sole white rapper Eminem walked on stage, feels like a hate crime. Now, the user whose handle is first what? mate Prince what? and who's a relatively well-known TikToker tweeted, so I know that everyone in this bar being mostly silent for the halftime show until Eminem came on isn't a hate crime, but it feels like it is. Now, the tweet garnered many comments, and at the time of this reporting, the user's tweet's been liked more than 7,000 times. One emboldened user alluded to racism at play and responded, yep, the number of people who said the only performance they liked was Eminem was telling, so it's not rap they don't like, clearly. So... The assumption is people like Eminem and his hip hop, mm-hmm. but not those darker skin tone people when they do their hip hop. Right. I really? guess the crowd was the loudest when Eminem was performing. So one other user said. I know one song by Dr. Dre it's when he was with NWA. It's F the Police. I was not an NWA fan. Uh, Ice Cube was in there. Dr. Dre was in there. There are a few other people in there. I, I can't. Uh, Easy E, I think, was involved. Was Easy E involved, Polo? He was in that too. Wasn't he friends with everybody early on? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I I, I know of the story. Um, I think I saw the movie straight out of Compton. I feel bad for how they were treated by some people, but at the same time, I'm not okay with F the Police. It's the only song I know of theirs. I don't think I can name a song by by Snoop Dogg. Is there a song called Snoop Doggy Dogg? He Hold says again, that you would know. I would not know. Okay, I know he says. I just wonder if that's the name of the song. I don't know. The only the only Eminem song I know, and he's whiter than I am, is um, Slim Shady. My name is My name is My name is Slim Shady. That's that's the only. I don't I don't know any other songs by Eminem. So as white as I am, although beautifully olive, I'm, you're right. I mean, more of a Nobody's more of a like a, like a beige or a, or a tan skin tone. Beige. Um, what? <laughs> more of a beige? What? No, no. If you go Keep to like Sherwin Williams, they're like, I need my skin tone. They're like, oh, a nice beige mm. or an olive. More like um, a sandalwood, I think. <laughs> it's a sandalwood. It's what it is. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a mauve. Mm. Um, I, I don't care about Eminem's songs either, and I don't I don't think I can name anything about Mary J. Blige. Although I've heard her sing, I think she's a, a very talented singer. Um, uh, so, so the idea that some people, and I'm guessing that the, the Twitter person is black who said this, mm-hmm. Yes. the idea that some people who happen to be black in America are always looking for the next racist thing to complain about really bothers me. And as I outlined leading up to this and leading up to the story that Carrie just brought you, I don't understand why the most successful black people are the ones complaining the most. And I don't see them going to neighborhoods where people aren't necessarily succeeding in high numbers and helping to lift them. Instead, I now have made it to the highest heights. And now uh, I'm Barack Obama and I'm the president. I will now complain about how horribly racist we are, yet do nothing for black people. I'm Joy Reid making millions or Don Lemon making millions and I'll do nothing for black people, but I'll complain about white people. Nothing. And then you got Donald Trump, who's a multi-billionaire, who gives it all up to go into the White House and does more for black people in four years than Obama even came close to doing in eight. And you still have Joy Reid and whoever this Jason Johnson, I've never seen this guy before in my life, this Jason Johnson person on MSNBC talking about how the NFL has always sanitized blackness. That's not even a thing. It's It's not even an idea that you can sanitize blackness, whatever that even means. I don't know what else they could have done at this game in this event on Sunday 
to have lifted black people any higher than they did. Yet these idiots are still looking for a reason. And then as Kerry said, the tweet about how it's a hate crime to cheer for Eminem and not for Dr. Dre, um, that tweet gets 7,000 likes. And I can write the most intelligent tweet ever, shush. I mm-hmm. do write intelligent Didn't things. You? Oh, okay. I can, write, I can write the most intelligent tweet ever. I've got two likes and one retweet. <laughs> and the one comment I have is some lefty telling me what a piece of crap I am. You know what I mean? So it just, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. And I just, I just want it to stop. So I'm with you in that the people who only told me about the halftime show, Carrie, they enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. They thought it was entertaining. They I, thought it yeah, was great. I heard a lot of people say that, yeah. But for some reason, Eminem's got to take a knee. For some reason, it's got to be a controversy with the NFL. For some reason, we have to highlight that it wasn't black enough, although five out of the six artists were black. I just don't understand what else has to be done. But mark my words when I say this, and I want those who are watching and listening, I don't care what racial background you are, I don't care what your ancestry is, pay attention to this as you watch television and and listen to pop culture. The people complaining the loudest are the most successful people. They are so successful, the white people are so successful, they feel guilty about their success, so they align with BLM and so on. And the black people who are successful will never go back to the neighborhood, will never lift anybody up, and they'll complain about how oppressive this country is as they collect their paychecks. Your thoughts? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Coming right back. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. Appreciate you being here. I truly don't understand the why, why the most successful people on the planet are the ones complaining about how horrible the country is when the country and the way it's set up um, offers equal opportunity like nowhere else and offers that, that ability to succeed like nowhere else. And so few go back to where they came from and actually try to help. They just sit in their, on their perches in their high towers on their pedestals, and they complain about the country that allowed them this success. It's like they want us to think they fell through the cracks and everybody else is being oppressed. It's not the case. And you can do more than you're doing. And you sitting there and complaining isn't helping. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. If you're a small business owner, busy, busy, busy all the time. I get it. Enough time to deal with the hassles of going to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip that trip and never waste another dollar or minute. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer so you can spend less time at the post office and more time running your business. By the way, the post office employees are great. I think they're wonderful people. They're just overworked and they're busy. And sometimes it'll take you hours at the post office and time is money, especially when you're a small business. Stamps.com gives you the access to the post office and UPS, all the shipping services you need right from your computer and get discounts you can't find anywhere else up to 40% off of USPS, 76% off of UPS. Whether you're an office sending out invoices, a side hustle, Etsy shop, a full-blown warehouse, shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. So go right now, Stamps.com, use my promo code PAGS, P-A-G-S, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale, no long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, enter my code PAGS, and make that happen right now.
Let me go to the phone lines. Actually, uh, hold on. After the break, we'll try to get to you. We've got a big interview coming up as well. But, man, I'd love to talk to some of you. But we are short on time. We wanted to make sure we presented that. In fact, if you're on hold right now, I urge you to go to my website, JoePags.com. Send me an email. Scroll down to the bottom where it says contact. I'd love to hear from you, especially you, Chris. In Los Angeles, I do not have time. I'm up against a hard break. All right, so get a hold of me via email, JoePags.com. Scroll down to contact, and let's do it there, and I'll present it on the air later. Interview coming up with uh, Jeff Atticott. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always great to have this guy back. He's the director of the Warrior Defense Project. It is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. Jeff, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. I'm doing really, really good. Hey, I have never been to Ukraine. I can point it out on a map, uh, but I don't really know what the, the dynamic of Ukraine versus Russia is. I know Russia took Crimea back during Obama. Uh, but, Jeff, here we are talking about Ukraine again. We talk about Ukraine more than we talk about our southern border. We talk about Ukraine more than we talk about the drug problem in this country. We talk about Ukraine more than just about anything else when it comes to politics, especially in the past, I don't know, 12, 14 years. Ukraine was a big deal during, uh, uh, during Obama with Crimea. Ukraine was a big deal during Trump, and Trump and Giuliani were in Ukraine. Why do we, Jeff, why do we care so much? What is the story of Ukraine? Well, I guess you, if you go back to when the collapse of the Soviet Union, Ukraine cut out. They had nuclear weapons at that time. They got rid of the nuclear weapons. They stood up as an independent nation. The United Nations accepted them. Uh, in fact, in 1992, 93, 94, I was in Ukraine many, many times as a military officer. My duties were to ensure that we stood up the Ukrainian military because the influence of Russia and Ukraine is tremendous. I mean, people don't realize this, but uh, Crimea, for example, the vast majority of people that live in Crimea are Russians. They're okay. ethnic Russians. They want to go back to Mother Russia. On the eastern border between Ukraine and Russia, the vast majority of people there, Russian, ethnic Russians. Uh, and so a lot of this is individuals that are ethnic Russians that are, we call them separatists. They want to separate from Ukraine and, and rejoin Russia. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's an important country. It's on the, the line between NATO and the old Soviet Union, which is now Russia. Okay. Um, and so it's it's, you know, it's no man's land and both sides want to claim that for their own right now at this point is crime crimea is russia right didn't yes, they take crimea, it back during obama you know, exactly i mean they voted to secede and uh, the russians came in and gave them a little help you might draw an analogy to our own country uh, we voted to secede from the british and the french gave us a little help and that's right. how we got here right uh, i'm all for individuals using their god-given rights to exercise you know what country they want to live in if they do it in a lawful manner uh, they're not, you know, engaging in civil war. They're engaging in a war to leave and to set up their own country. That's again, I'm always amazed at people that that don't realize that's what we did. So, right. um, you know, Ukraine and the Russians, of course, right now are the boogeyman. They're the bad guys. Uh, but again, no matter how thin the coin, there's always two sides to this issue. And a lot of it is, again, people in eastern Ukraine, they don't want to be in Ukraine. Very strange. It's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott, director of the uh, Warrior Defense Project. You can also check out fallenangel.film is the website. So, so Jeff, just uh, if you can, again, spell it out for the sort of the dumb guy here. Before the Soviet Union formed, was Ukraine an independent nation? 
are Ukrainians by ethnicity Russian as well, or are they completely separate people? Well, this, just like Germany and Ukraine, they're really kind of modern creatures in the terms of, you know, human history. There was no Germany before, you know, 1870-something. Uh, right. Uh, same with Ukraine. So Ukraine is has had a very small period where they've actually been an independent country. They've usually been a part of this country or that country. So, you know, countries come and go. They rise and fall over the course of time. Um, so right now, though, what matters is where are they now? And they have a little card at the U.N. that says that they're a nation state. That's the starting point I like to look at is, yes, they are a nation state. They have individuals within their nation state that want to secede and form their own country. Um, we saw this, you know, with the, with the breakdown of Yugoslavia and Bosnia and, and the, uh, Croatia and, uh, and, and other countries that came out of that system. So if you kind of step back a little bit, I think a lot of the American people are very suspicious of what's going on here, particularly when we saw the administration basically absolutely engage in a catastrophe with our withdrawal from Afghanistan. So yeah. a lot of people really don't believe what they're hearing. And they don't believe in the competency of the State Department or even the military to do what they're saying they're going to do. Um, so there's a lot of skepticism among individuals that are not Republicans, not Democrats. They're just saying, well, we don't really know what's true anymore because you've lost a lot of the credibility that we gave you when you were elected. This administration brought into office. Right. You, you, you know, you basically use that all up with Afghanistan. So we're kind of left wondering, you know. Why are we worried about it, and and what should we do, if anything? If you were the guy in charge, would you have sent any troops at all to the area? Well, I would not have allowed the Russians to start their pipeline again with Germany. I mean, that's the first thing. You, you, you This administration unilaterally gave Russia what they wanted with no concessions on the other side. After Trump okay. actually shut it down and Trump yeah. told the EU, so, you're going to get oil from us, we're protecting you from them, why would yeah. you take oil from them? It's kind of stupid. That's right. And, and, if, and if we are going to allow the, 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 you know, the pipeline to be uh, re-energized, we get something back from the Russians in return. Right. Like you promise you will do this, this and this. We just unilaterally gave it to them because Obama, under the pressure from the Germans, uh, just said, OK, we're going to do it. But that's not how you deal with, you know, frenemies or adversaries. You, you get something in return. Um, this administration just unilaterally made these concessions. And so that sends a signal to Putin well, I can go further. And then he saw what happened in Afghanistan. Well, I can go further. So, you know, I, I applaud the president today for a speech. At least he's, you know, kind of focused a little bit about what we would do and what we won't do. Yeah. And I think that's important. Uh, you know, our intelligence agencies know exactly what's going on, whether he's going to attack or not attack. We don't know yet, but we have a lot of things in the sky that are watching everything the Russian military is doing, you know, where they're positioning their ships. They've got about 40 ships in the, in the, in the region there, uh, combat aircraft, 150,000 soldiers. You know, are they coming? Are they going? What are they going to do? How far will they go in? Um, our intelligence probably knows exactly what is in the mind of Putin in terms of the short term, uh, but we just don't know right now. You know, the president is, is I think he's, you know, trying to set out a course to walk in between these two things. But a lot of this is of our own making. We we kind of gave the green light to a lot of our frenemies or, as I said, individuals that are, don't have our same interest to kind of push the envelope.
They didn't do this under the Trump administration. No, no, well, they didn't. They didn't, they didn't even consider it, I would think. Uh, it's Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. Make sure you go to fallenangel.film. That's the website. Director of the Warrior Defense Project. Uh, I've got to ask you, though, about NATO, the, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Why is that still important? Why do we pay so much money to keep it together? And why is it that, I? And again, this is just dumb guy hearing stuff, but Russia basically is saying, if you ever put Ukraine in NATO, then we're going to blow the whole region up. So what's the, what, what is so important about NATO today in 2022 world as compared to after the World War? Yeah, NATO was very relevant when the Cold War existed, and we've been basically carrying those countries ever since. And that's one of the things the Trump administration said, what? You know, you made obligations to use so much of your GDP to strengthen your own military. And none of them are doing it. Done that. Right. President Trump held their feet to the fire and said, no, no, you're going to pay your fair share because we've been defending NATO. Basically, we are NATO. Yeah. Uh, without us, there'd be no NATO. Uh, you know, the Germans are sending thousands of helmets to Ukraine. Uh, you know, the German military essentially doesn't exist because they rely on us and they use that money to put into their social programs right. and their economy. So should it still exist? Is NATO uh, relevant in 2022? And why is Russia so afraid of, of NATO saying, hey, Ukraine, come be part of NATO? Well, you know, it, it's, it's a very complex situation. Uh, you know, Russia is kind of like Germany, I guess, after World War I. Uh, you know, they lost their empire. And Putin, of course, wants to get some of that back. Yeah. Remember, there's a large middle class in, in Russia uh, that Putin would not be moving without this. So they have a nationalistic idea of things they want to do to try to expand. Uh, they are a fledgling democracy, though. They're not they're not hardcore communists anymore, yeah. as opposed to the Chinese, which are still, you know, again, on the other side of the world. That's a very real threat to the United States. In my opinion, that's more of a threat that I'm concerned with than what Russia is doing on the eastern borders of Ukraine. Let's talk about the political um, ramifications here. Obviously, Biden's approval ratings in the 30s. I think Harris's approval ratings are in the 20s. The economy sucks. Hyperinflation is upon us. I mean, people are really, really sick and tired of the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. And you can lose your job if you don't get in lockstep and do what the fascist government says. So, um, of course, a war would fix a lot of that. A war helps the economy. A war makes things more more strong. Uh, and, and certainly the war makes us... No matter what party you're from, look at how how the numbers were 90 or 91 percent for George Herbert Walker Bush when he did Desert Storm. I mean, a war literally makes us congeal and galvanize around the government. Do you think any aspect of that is at play here? Well, we're not going to go to war. I mean, there's no way unless Russia attacks our forces, we're not going to be engaged in this conflict. We're going to use economic sanctions. But that's a good point. We might have unintended consequences. So. You asked me earlier, and I kind of did a Jin Saki on you. I didn't answer the question. Uh, yes, no, don't do that. Sense. Don't circle back. What are you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> I would send soldiers into Poland and other places, as as uh, you know, as uh, President Biden has done, uh, just to kind of signal that you know we're still here, we're watching you. And he sent a couple of thousand for Fort Bragg. I'd probably do that, but I wouldn't put them anywhere near the border of Ukraine. Because of the oops we see in history yeah. that a missile misfired, went here, hit our forces, we responded. Um, that is a this is a very dangerous time. I still don't think that, that the Russians are going to invade uh, and take over Ukraine. They might go into the eastern area there a little bit, but they're not going to. I just don't think they're going to go into Kiev. Can, can, can we trust Russia when they say we're pulling our tanks back? 
Well, I mean, we've got satellite uh, technology, don't you know, we? Can't we tell really if they're pulling them back? Yeah, we, we don't know because, you know, we don't have access to the intelligence. But our intelligence services knows if they're actually pulling them back or repositioning them, Okay. Uh, whether they're de-escalating or whether they're escalating. We just don't know. We're not getting the full story here. But obviously, the longer the story runs, it's good for Biden. It's good for Putin because both of them will look like a win-win uh, if nothing happens. And I predict nothing meaningful meaningful is going to happen um and and that's my hope and i think that will happen because there's too much to lose for the russians not enough to gain jeff what's the latest book and where can they get it well the latest book is uh is uh global national security law and you can get that uh from the publisher just google that okay and uh that's 2021 and that's available on amazon yeah and radical islam why is the one that we push for years right Yes, and it's still available on Amazon, and Trump Judges is there, which I wrote about uh, in 2020. So um, relevant. So, yeah. No, really, oh, really re- relevant for people to understand how the judicial system is working and, in this country and look, what Trump and did. Great. And they look great from five feet away if you put them in the library and just kind of put them there. <laughs> so buy it and just put it in the background. I mean, read it or not. I mean, it's a great read. Um, what, one last question. Do you find it to be as stupid and hypocritical as I do? that anybody in this administration said something so dumb as we're worried about borders and the sovereignty of, of Ukraine and nobody should should uh, threaten or try or, or um, attempt to cross a sovereign border like that as we watch what's happening like a sieve just to the south of where I'm sitting. Yeah, I mean, every time I hear the word Ukraine border, that's what I think of. And our southern border is about as secure as a screen door on a submarine and it's right at the feet of the Biden administration. They did it, and of course they don't want to own it, but uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. He talks about the sovereignty of nations and how nations have the right to be sovereign states. That means you have borders. And the number one obligation for this president, in my mind, is to uh, lower energy prices, which we have, you know, we have energy independence here if we took it, and to secure our borders. It's not a hard math problem. Jeff, I'm in, I'm in the San Antonio area, 320 yesterday for gas. 320, I think it was a buck 86 when Trump left office. 320 in Texas? Man, there's something very broken here. And and, and listen, I make a pretty good buck. Not going to hurt me as much as it's going to hurt the middle class or, or lower economic status people. I mean, they're really suffering over this. Yet Biden keeps saying we're not going to tax anybody except for those who are making 400000 a year. That's another topic for another day. I really yes, appreciate sir. you outlining what's happening geopolitically. Um, I mean, I may have 30 seconds, Jeff. Is ISIS really on the on the comeback? Because suddenly Biden went and got some ISIS bad guy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still there, but they're under the ground. I mean, that's one of the things that President Trump did. He, they were above the ground, waving their flag, capturing geographic areas. He rubbed them off the face of the earth. But no, they're still with us. They're just under the ground like al-Qaeda. And uh, we need to remain diligent, uh, particularly you know, with, with our open borders, who's coming into the country. And, and they were basically waiting it out to see how strong this administration would be. This administration has shown itself to not be strong at all on that. No, there's a new center of gravity now. ISIS, you know, there's a for sale sign up in Afghanistan, you know, come one, come all. And they're reconstituting in Afghanistan, even as we speak right now. Very well said. Fallenangel.film, go to that website. He's the director of the Warrior Defense Project. Look him up online, go and follow them out, help him out if you can. He's doing great work for our military members, certainly. It's Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. Jeff, thanks a million. Thanks, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show.
It's always great to have Lieutenant Colonel Atticott on, always taking care of business. We appreciate him taking the time. By the way, so, some might be wondering, why did I tell the guy Chris in Los Angeles to, to, to write me an email? Um, I, I take people who agree with me or disagree with me. Chris called in. He said he's an older black man, uh, I think 60 or 62 years old, something like that, from Los Angeles. And uh, it, 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 CJ, what did he say? He said, I got it wrong or I'm misinformed or something? Yeah, he said you uh, are not informed or something. You need to be informed. Right, and, and I'm more than willing to be informed by Chris or anybody else. So uh, by all means, and I was talking about Joy Reid and, and other very successful people complaining about how oppressive things are, and I pointed out how completely off-base they were when it came to the Super Bowl and how completely off-base they, they are when it comes to helping out those who are actually struggling in the inner city, whereas BLM and Antifa and people like Joy Reid ignored that and they only highlight the very widely publicized case of a police officer killing somebody who's not white. Um, I don't think I'm off base at all, but I'm more than willing to be educated by anybody, including Chris. So, Chris, do me a favor and send me an email, or you can call back in if you'd like, and we can go there. Uh, let me, in the meantime, tell you about total total financial freedom. And that's, that's what people want. It's not easy. The economy goes up and down. Inflation goes up and down. Your bills aren't easier to pay jobs. You never know what's going to be happening with that. If you're hitting your debt ceiling, if you're buried in bills, trying to keep up with the credit card, signature loans, internet loans, and timeshares, get off the treadmill, get some total financial freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial has been doing a great job for 15 years helping people like you resolve their debts and cut payments in half. If you want to find out more, just give them a call. 800-833-9444. If you mention my name when you call that number, you're going to get a free book. Just mention the free book, Debt Dietitian. Mention me. you got to do that when you call 800-833-9444. You're going to find out how easy it is to cut your payments. You're going to appreciate the people. They're like-minded. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better, uh, the Better Business Bureau. So call them right now. Get that free book. Get yourself back on the right financial track. 1-800-833-9444. 1-800-833-9444. And make that happen right now. And finding out more about Ukraine. And finding out more about what's happening in that, in that side of the world, seeing video from Ukraine, people skating and not having a worry, to Russia saying they're pulling their tanks back. And I don't know that I believe them, but we've got satellite technology that, that, that would show us that, without a doubt, that it either is or isn't happening. What Atticott says rings true. You send people there, but not there. You don't want that one mistake missile or the gunshot where it starts some World War III. You want to make sure that we're out of harm's way, but... Let Russia know we're going to keep an eye on what's happening in Eastern Europe. We're not going to just back down and watch you do what you feel like doing. We're going to make sure that we that you're aware that we're present and they're going to help out our friends in the region. It's a very strange situation, though, because we sitting here in the United States really have no clue what the dynamic is geopolitically in Ukraine. We only know what the media is telling us and what the, the administration is telling us. And frankly, for me, that's not enough. one 941 pags 888 941-7247-JoePags.com. Much more to come. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pags Show.